Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. We all are that lotus that needs to transcend from all of our mud so that we can be that beautiful, magnificent soul being that we really, really are. And I think it's a journey we all need to take because deep down, all of us are magnificent. Deep down, all of us are so intelligent. Deep down, all of us are so wise and compassionate. And our journey is to master self-love so that we can master our lives, so that we can master our relationships with others and indirectly master how and what we choose to create in our reality to generate abundance. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, peeps. Sending so much love out to all of you today. We are ending the month of February, where love was really the flavor of the month, and entering March, the month of new beginnings. And speaking of new beginnings, I was at a wedding last week, and it is so interesting to me how different love is in the era of COVID. Weddings right now are really about the two people, not their families, not their friends, not even about the wedding. It's about getting married because they want to be with each other in a time where we are all so far apart, physically and emotionally. And right now, we are all learning to love ourselves or we will not get through this. And we got to learn to love the people we live with or our mental health is seriously at stake. So we can't get around this. Love is the key to making life work for us. So today on episode 5, I have invited intuitive energy healer and teacher Vanya Silverton from the UK to talk to us about relationships, sensual enlightenment, and new beginnings. With clients and students from over 50 countries, she works with others to transform all aspects of their lives through a variety of different healing techniques. As a qualified nutritional therapist, Vanya incorporates natural medicine with gifted intuition and encourages all of her clients to access their own healing abilities. Yes, it's true, all of us have the ability to heal ourselves. 
She is trained as a medical intuitive and teaches courses on intuitive development and theta healing. Vanya is also the author of Sacred Revolution, a woman's path to love, power, and sensual enlightenment, which is what caught my eye for this episode. And she's also written Living Heaven, a guide to awaken heaven in the body, mind, heart, and life. Now, in one of our previous episodes, Sexual Well-Being with Dr. Rika Cruz, I introduced the topic of sexuality and spirituality, exploring the connection between the two while also talking about embracing our sexual energy. And on this episode, I look forward to taking this conversation further, perhaps even deeper with our guest today. So welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast, Vanya. Thank you for sharing some of your precious time with us across time zones. Oh, thank you for having me. I very much look forward to diving deeper into love with you. It certainly is the path that I all think we need to master. So yes, I look forward to being with you on this journey today. So Vanya, we met more than a decade ago. We were, you know, at very different points in our lives. And since then, quite a bit has happened right? We've had uh, children, partners, you know, love has sort of taken center stage for, uh, I would say, the most part of the, the last decade. So tell me a little bit about where you are right now in your life. Yeah, so I am a mother to a beautiful daughter, five years old. That's been a journey in itself that also that teaches you so many new virtues of love. I can tell you that patience, tolerance, <laughs> and to be spontaneous and things like that. I've also been in a long-term relationship for 15 years and all the beautiful ups and downs and connections and magic moments and intimacy moments and communication moments and differences moments where we all have to let go of our egos and our own internal dramas and step deeper into the truth of who we are, but the truth of what we want for the relationship. So yes, definitely a very big journey into love. And love, you know, as a as an intuitive healer and teacher, love is actually the the key, the the energy, the frequency that I I always use. It's it's the energy I go in to heal. It's the energy I always go in to teach with because it's only from the perspective of love that we can really understand uh, how to awaken into greater divine consciousness. And, you know, through that journey of teaching and being a mother and being in a relationship, you know, I, I hand on heart truly believe that we are all here to master love, you know, and this is our spiritual path. This really is our destination is to master love in all situations. Not easy at times, but uh, very rewarding uh, when we get it. You know, I agree with you completely. The last um, decade and a bit more has really been about mastering love, whether it's through my relationship with my partner or through my children. As you said, that in itself has been quite a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And I also do believe that it is love that allows us to do what we do, which is to heal and work with people. And I know that, you know, as a healer myself, as a teacher myself, I learn through my clients. I learn through my students. And sometimes sort of the lines between our personal life and our life where we're teaching and healing others sort of tends to somehow reflect or mirror each other. So I know a lot of times what I'm mastering in my own life is something I'm able to teach to my students and vice versa. So I'm sure you have some similar experiences in that regard. Um, so I'd love to know a little bit more about that, Vanya, and also a little bit about the kind of healing that you practice, the kind of that work that you do with people, if you can get into that a little bit. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. There is this beautiful uh, exchange, you know, when you work with someone really deeply where you gift them with everything that you've, you know, learned in your life. And simultaneously, they also gift themselves with what, everything that they've learned in their life. And through that process of, of both of us opening up to the greater possibility of evolution or the greater possibility of, you know, that individual moving into higher realms of their own being, you know, their own happiness, their own joy, their own vibrancy, their own intelligence. It's a really, a really beautiful process. I think love really is the key that allows us to awaken. I think love is the key that allows people to start to access their inner wisdom and their inner healing abilities. I think love is the key that allows us to connect more to divine consciousness so that, you know, we can have greater awakenings and things like that. So a lot of my work is focused around actually people returning back to the ability to self-love. And, you know, I do that through a variety of techniques, whether it's state healing or body work or breath work or coaching or, you know, whatever. They're all just different kinds of mediums and tools, you know, because at the end of the day, different things work differently for different people. But ultimately, what, what the promotion is, is that people need to access their own intelligence, their own wisdom, their own energy inside, which really is about them accessing their ability to, to love themselves, to awaken the depths of who they truly are and, and let that part of them stand up stronger. And there are just so many you know, reasons why people are unable to do that, why we are unable to step into our magnificence, why we were unable to to self-love you know a lot of that can come from you know obviously childhood stuff conditioning genetic things heartbreaks tragic experience and sometimes you know as much as all those things happen in our lives we actually learn a lot from them so it's also helping the person really understand unlock and learn from everything that's happened in their lives so that they can actually become the better person the bigger the person the brighter person and so we kind of you know i'm very much about helping the lotus transcend from the mud you know we all are that lotus that needs to transcend from all of our mud so that we can be that beautiful magnificent soul being that we really really are and i think it's a journey we all need to take because deep down all of us are magnificent deep down all of us are so intelligent deep down all of us are so wise and compassionate and our journey is to master self-love so that we can master our lives so that we can master our relationships with others and indirectly master how and what we choose to create in our reality to generate abundance and so that's what i believe our path is I love how you said that, you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to the simplest of things, but yet Mm -hmm. it is something that affects every aspect of our life. Now, what do you end up using the most in your work with your clients? Is there a particular technique that you feel uh, most comfortable with, most um, inclined towards? And how do you decide what's Mm going to work or what's relevant? I do believe, you know, different things work for different people, like different strokes, right? For different folks, if that's a saying. I remember that Mm -hmm, from childhood. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. the point being that I too have learned a lot of things in my journey. You know, at one point I was a workshop junkie and I wanted to learn everything. But somehow like there are certain tools that I end up using more than others. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious about how that works for you. It's a really, really good question. 
So usually, as soon as I see the person, I, you know, I watch their body language, I watch the way they talk, the type of language they use, I kind of work out, are they more of a someone who solves things through thinking or solves through things through feelings? Or so I, I kind of begin with that kind of assessment. And that kind of helps me to navigate easier with them. And interesting enough, different people I work with, my language will change depending on what they need to hear or resonate with. So it's also very interesting how I change and shift to, to mirror them so that they can have a greater awakening. Um, but I really felt for me that it's been, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a trained theta healer and I train others to be theta healers. So it's been a very beautiful, powerful technique that I've used quite a lot, mainly because it allows me as the practitioner to get greater guidance and wisdom to help the person solve their problem or to help the person answer their problems or to help the person unlock their problem. So I, I've definitely used that tool a lot as my intuitive guide because it really does allow you to get clarity and truth much quicker. But the secondary thing that I've used a lot is a lot more like body work. I'm very much about the person having the experience of them witnessing their energy changing, witnessing their healing taking place, witnessing the awakening that's happening inside of them, witnessing their own aha moments, witnessing their own wisdom flowing through. And I really try and encourage that. And there are a number of different things you can do to you know, do that. You can get them to close their eyes, drop into their body, do some breath work. You can ask them certain questions to access that wisdom inside of them. But I very much focus on letting them have their own healing self-healing and awakening because it actually gives them more power to start stepping up and being in their truth as opposed to relying on me to heal them but what it also does is it gives them the energetic experience of having an awakening so they will feel maybe this horrible emotion of self-hatred coming up in their heart and it might feel dark and sticky because you know I try and invite all the senses to wake up and as that releases and then they get another awakening of their soul force moving through them making them feel brighter opening up their mind their their body that's where they feel the enlightenment taking place that's where they realize oh right I'm actually at another level now oh right actually I can interact with myself in another way oh wow I'm connected to the universe and the universe is helping me to awaken so that's kind of the process that I usually take people through and I just find it has lasting effects uh greater change for their lives and you know as a practitioner it's really beautiful to witness there's nothing more beautiful than witnessing the person having their own awakening because they've accessed their own deep intelligence that lives within them yeah, you know, honestly, I, I think that I'm addicted to everybody else's personal growth yeah. because it definitely feeds my soul. And totally. um, like like you, I've learned a lot of different things, but I am also more comfortable using Theta Healing and uh, mm-hmm. more inclined towards mm-hmm. using Theta Healing in my sessions. And also when I work on myself, I do find it's quicker. I find mm-hmm. that it has the most profound, I would say, Mm -hmm. impact on my clients' Mm -hmm. lives. So I definitely, you know, I I resonate with what you said. I'm curious about how Theta Healing has worked for you as an individual. Mm -hmm. Like, how have you used Theta Healing in your own life, Vanya, to to maybe make changes or for your personal growth? Mm -hmm. Theta Healing has been gold in my life. I swear if Theta Healing didn't cross my path, I would be a very anxious, 
making bad decisions for my life, uh, <laughs> low self-esteem, probably trapped in my eating disorder still. It literally saved my life. I have no other way of saying that to you, but it actually saved my life. I come from a very crazy childhood. I don't need to go into all the details of how crazy it was. And uh, if you've had a crazy, crazy, crazy childhood, you'll get what I'm talking about. Uh, but I'm sure we have people in, you know, listening in right now who are just like, yep, that's me, crazy yeah. childhood, you know, yeah. everyone can relate to that. Yeah, totally. The crazy mom, the crazy dad, the crazy scenarios, you know, it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I kind of turned 20 and I was a mess. I was a mess. I felt broken inside. I felt heartbroken. I felt very lost, very confused. I had a lot of mental anxiety, a lot of body anxiety. And I just remember, you know, one day making this prayer to the universe and going, I just, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what to do, please. I just want a connection to the divine. And I just want to be able to heal my life. And I wanted some intuition. I don't know why I added that one in. But anyway, literally Theta Healing came two weeks later, you know, and I went to a practitioner. I was like, oh my God, I want to do what she does. And I did all the courses and all the teacher training like within two years and it saved my life. It recorrected the way I thought. It healed parts of me that were so broken and damaged. It brought energy back to my life that I knew on a very, very deep level, but I had so much mud on top of me that I couldn't access it. So just on that personal level of healing my childhood or healing that original story, uh, it's been gold. And then the next part where Theta Healing has been uh, really helpful is you know, we kind of go through this process, don't we, of having to heal ourselves first. And then through healing, we kind of discover ourselves. And then through discovering, then we're like, oh, this is what I need to create in the world. You know, whether it's creating a, like for you, a, a school, a podcast, a, for me, a book, a retreat or whatever. And it's like, okay, how can I use this beautiful gift? Because Theta Healing gives this gift of intuition and awakening and divine guidance. How can I use this greater divine guidance? How can the divine energy be used through me so that I can create greater things. So that's been kind of, I guess, where it's kind of come to now. Yes, there are still things I need to heal. Yes, there's still things I need to evolve out of. That's always going to be there. But now it, it's letting that, you know, because I feel much more clearer inside, it's letting that greater divine force move through me to, to create and, and do bigger, bigger, beautiful work that can help more more people awaken. So that's where it's taken me. And yeah, there's just been points where I've had to use it. Like, you know, it's a great manifest. I've used it to manifest a house. I've used it to manifest some work. I've uh, used it to, to unlock some dramas in my, in my relationship with my husband who, because, you know, obviously by osmosis, you know, I've obviously in the theta journey, he, he doesn't, he hasn't learned it, but just through osmosis, him connecting to me, he now digs on me or he now goes, oh, wow, you've got some really interesting energy in your aura. He doesn't even know that it's because he's actually receiving information and connecting, but it's just, it's just permeated through, through the household and the family. And that's, that's really beautiful because that means we can both grow and evolve. So yeah, it's been gold. That's amazing. It sounds amazing. And, you know, I really hear you when you say Theta Healing saved my life because I'm not even kidding. Just, yeah. I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, I was um, I was a guest on, on, on a podcast or something. I can't remember what it was, but I remember saying those exact words. I was like, yeah. Theta Healing literally saved my life. And if it weren't for that, you know, I don't know where I would be. I mean, I'm sure I would have been on the path, but 
I just think that I would be way behind compared to where I am today. So I, I completely, you know, I hear you. I feel you. I think a lot of us who are Theta Healers, we, we can definitely, um, you know, hear a bit of ourselves in each other's personal journey. Yeah. Now, I know in the UK. I know in the UK, Theta Healing has actually taken off really well. There are mm-hmm. a lot of different students. Um, I know that you work with an organization also that has a lot of different things and activities running with Theta Healing. So how do people in the UK respond to Theta Healing? How has it been in terms of teaching and sharing Theta Healing and even the other healing that you do for the UK? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely been an evolution. Like when I first kind of started out, you know, over 10 years ago now, <laughs> um, I can't believe it's been that long. You know, British people are quite reserved. So it was always their secret thing to do or they went to the, mm-hmm. the healer or they went to learn, but they never told anyone because it was their their private thing. No one should know that they're healing or they've got stuff to heal from. So that was kind of the original energy that I kind of went in with people in the UK. But obviously you know, over 10 years, people evolve, communities evolve, societies evolve, culture evolves. And now it's like everyone's doing something. Either everyone's learning NLP or coaching or theta healing. Everyone's choosing to empower themselves. Everyone's choosing to kind of wake up their limited beliefs. And so you you get now students where I teach them, oh, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I just went to Tony Robbins or I just read this book. Right? And so there's that much more of a like, wow, I'm embracing this whole journey of transformation and change. And I'm willing to be guided and I'm willing to work on myself and heal myself so that I can better myself. And I think that's been the biggest change, uh, which is really beautiful because it means then as the teacher, as the practitioner, you can give them more. You can give them more things to shift and change and evolve. You can open them up in other ways to to, to create their lives or, or take charge of their lives and stuff like that. So that's that's really been the evolution. So there's been a very, very big change over here in the last 10 years, definitely. And it's exciting to see what the next 10 years will bring. Um, yeah. You know, I was, uh, we were just chatting before we started um, the podcast about how in the Philippines that started to happen quite Mm -hmm. a bit recently. Uh, My center has been around here for uh, maybe eight years at this point, Mm -hmm. my healing center, but I've really seen a lot of shift in the last couple of years. And I think even, you know, the pandemic and everything being more digital and online has really opened up um, the Philippines mm-hmm. for a lot more of this energy of healing and well-being coming in. Uh, what's also interesting is we have a huge um, population of overseas Filipino workers. So mm-hmm. really, I used to get a lot of clients who would be you know, visiting family. They work elsewhere, but they were home for a short oh, period cool. and they would always come by to the healing center. But, you know, they, they're just there for a couple of uh, weeks or so on, you know, so... It was interesting that after the pandemic, they started to connect with us on a more regular basis because everything was online. And it was just so amazing to see how in a short amount of time, it has kind of really sped up Mm -hmm. people's personal growth or spiritual growth and suddenly well-being all over the world. I'm sure you um, can see that happening as well has become almost a necessity. It's not a luxury anymore. Mm-hmm, it's kind mm-hmm. of like everyone's doing something yeah. because we've we've all had to realize how important it is. Now, I want to switch gears a little bit, Fania, because as I mentioned to you, I'm really interested in 
what you have to say about relationships and love and, and getting a little bit deeper into your book. So as we discussed earlier, like relationships and love seems to be sort of your area of the greatest growth or your area of perhaps the most significant moments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and lessons in your life. And I know um, I read in one of the articles that you went through a separation in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And at one point you were about to tell your husband that you wanted to, to separate for good. So tell me a little bit about what happened there and how that sparked perhaps uh, I'm sure a lot of personal growth for me, for you in the area of love and relationships. Yeah, totally. Um, well, we were, t we've been together since we've been very young. We, my husband, I think he's three years younger. So he was 23, I was 25 and just being together so young you don't know who you are. You don't know what what you want. You don't know. You, you just don't know. And then we kind of went on this journey together very young. And then, you know, I went on my healing journey and I healed and I shifted and I transformed and I awakened and I became a very different person to the person I was that I originally started the marriage in. And, you know, oftentimes we get caught in old dynamic systems because that's just the way it's always functioned and we just kind of play that out. And then as the years went on and progressed, I felt more and more disconnected in the relationship and feeling like he wasn't able to understand the new me or reach me. I wasn't able to communicate that back, you know, and all that. And I'm sure he went on a lot of growth as well in his own individual ways because just, just the fact of going through your 20s and 30s and things like that. And so there was that element that was going on. And then I literally had this amazing uh, awakening in the rainforest. <laughs> I went back home to Australia, which is where I'm from, and I went back to this most raw, natural rainforest and I had I felt my sexual energy really wake up inside of me I had this massive kundalini awakening my whole heart opened up my mind opened up I literally felt the whole universe making love to me and in that awakening I elevated even more inside my own self and I was like oh wow this is who I am I feel so deeply in love with myself because when the sexual energy becomes a sacred force it changes a lot of things inside yourself because it starts to transcend up and I was like, wow, I'm my own soulmate. Oh, my God, I'm this amazing, enlightened woman. And I literally felt, how could I be with this mortal man who didn't understand who I was anymore? I have to leave the relationship, yeah? Right. And on one level, you know, you come to that place because you're like, right, it's easier to dispose of somebody than for it to try and find the way for it to grow. Or it's easier to let go than try and work out the relationship, you know? We just, it, that you know, that was the place I came to. And well, I literally... Yeah, I yeah. I just want to interject because I think this is something really important that you are talking about. I think a lot of people, they have this kind of point in the relationship where there is a disconnect, Yeah. right? And, and it usually happens when one person has grown in one direction while the other mm -hmm. person has either grown in a different direction or has not grown with the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I actually have talked to a lot of clients or students who sometimes are even afraid of going on their own sort of awakening journey because of the fear yeah. that they're going to have to leave their partner behind or it's yeah. going to create, you know, conflict or separation or distance in the relationship. So that's one point um, I just wanted to highlight. And the second point was that I think that sometimes also when people get very empowered very quickly, 
Um, They go through this kind of uh, evolution, uh, awakening. We get kind of excited about it and sort of carried away with that energy. And then we think that the easiest way or the right way is just to walk away from everything we know. Because like you said, it's so much harder to actually work things out around us. And I think a lot of us have that attitude with family, Mm -hmm. right? We're just kind of like, oh, look, I've gone through my own uh, healing. I've gone through my my empowerment journey, and now I know who I am. But you know what? My family, they're kind of like way back there, and I kind of wash my hands clean of that. And I really think this is a good sort of sharing point because I think you stopped at that point mm-hmm. from kind of getting caught up in that, and you mm-hmm. kind of you know, took that step back, mm-hmm. um, which of course I want to know more about, but I just really wanted to highlight that this is something that a lot of people are grappling with. And for yeah. anyone who's going through the same thing, you know, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people going through this and, you know, have a little bit more patience and, and, you know, definitely, I think Vanya's journey, your journey will, will tell us a lot about how you dealt with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally agree. We do come to, and that's the thing about growth, you know, in, in relationships, we've got to become interdependent, you know, not, not independent, not codependent, but independent, interdependent where you, you honor your own individuality. You also honor the other person's individuality, but at the same time, you learn to grow together in your own individuality in, as well, you know, and that's that's a big journey in itself um, sometimes. And, and we don't do that. Sometimes we just get so focused on it. Like you said, our own independence, our own empowerment, our own awakening, our own sense of this is who I am now that we can actually really forget about those other people that are actually meant to be meant to be in our lives, you know, meant to be in our lives. So as the story goes, <laughs> so I got to that point, right, Ta-da, you know, and then and you'll read more about it in my book, Sacred Revolution, which is which is here if you're seeing the video. Mm-hmm. But two weeks later, I ended up falling pregnant. And wow. Because, right, and I was ready because on a very deep level, me and my husband are meant to be together and I'm meant to be with him and I'm meant to awaken and evolve with him. And the right. universe is like, that's it, you're having a baby now. And I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, now I'm pregnant. Now I can't be this amazing, extraordinary, independent person because now I'm pregnant with the baby. And it made me face the relationship in a whole new way. And it was tough. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? It's not my, it's not my plan at the end of the day. There's something bigger going on all the time. And my daughter needed to exist. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And I almost, I remember laughing with the universe. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I got to this point of being like, oh, I'm so enlightened and awakened. I don't need you anymore. And now look, I've got a child and now I definitely need you because I need you to be the father and protect us and be the safety. And so it was almost like the universe forced us, right? Because I can be dynamic and dramatic sometimes and be like, you know, halas, you know, that, that's it, you know, that, that's part of who I am, you know? But the universe was like, no, you're going to work this out. You're going to maintain this awakened position and you're going to learn how to communicate it, elevate it, share your truth, heal through your own issues, and you're going to help awaken and evolve this relationship. And, you know, it's taken about five years for us to get to this amazing place together. But through that process, 
my goodness me, haven't we learned communication, authentic relating? Haven't we learned to be independent? Haven't we learned to honor the other person's truth? Haven't we learned to be, you know, more spontaneous, more intimate? Haven't we learned to create the most amazing relationship where I can be awakened in an awakened, in, in an awakened relationship, do you know? And that's what's, that's what's so beautiful. It was a lot of hard work. There was ups and downs. There was a few other little moments of being together and no and you know, all that stuff that happens. Drama. Drama, 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 drama. But, but to be able to see through it, both of us to be able to see through it and both of us to be able to call each other out and go actually, you know, both of us to go, all right, I'm going to swallow my pride here. Both of us to go, all right, let's have some time out and then come back and communicate. So, you know, it does definitely, it, it's, it, it was beautiful because I chose the relationship, he chose the relationship and we chose to make it work. And right. And, and that's been the, the key to it all. Do you so, think yeah. that, um, do you think, Vanya, that your husband could have made a different choice? Like, do you think it would have been allowed if, because I know some people feel that it's, they're the only one in the relationship trying sure. to make it work and the other person's not there. Yeah. So in that kind of a situation, what does one do? Does yeah. one try and make it work or do they, you know, do you really need both people at the same time to be mm -hmm. in it for the, for the long run? Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. Um, good question. Who I think every individual case is quite unique and different. And so we see the solutions are going to be unique and different to them, but there has to be an element where both parties are willing to try, you know, even if one's lagging behind, even if one's decides to put up a silent wall for two months, even if one's stuck in their stuff and needs to go on a separate journey to heal their issues, mm -hmm. there has to be a deeper, you know, a, a deeper feeling for both parties to keep choosing the relationship, you know, whether it's overtly choosing or whether it's subtly choosing or making the subtle corrections to keep choosing. I really feel it needs to be there because I've also been in situations where you try and make the relationship work and the other person just isn't interested. And it can be a bit like you're flogging a dead horse, you know, yeah. it, it's, it just, you know, and, and it can be even more heartbreaking because you're trying to do everything to make the relationship work. You're trying to overcompensate. You're trying to change. You're trying to learn how to be single in the relationship. You're trying to go, oh, well, I can just do other things and, and keep the relationship going. And, you know, that can be, that can serve some people because of certain circumstances. And, you know, we all make choices for the best that we can, you know, I get that. But, you know, there has to be, I believe, an element where both parties are choosing, choosing the relationship and making it work. Because if there isn't both partners doing that, it, it's, it's a relationship which turns into kind of, I guess, a stalemate relationship where that, that exchange, that deeper, because relationship is about two people. You have to choose, you have to choose yourself you have to choose your partner you have to choose to make it work um yeah but I, I do find sometimes though Vanya like especially for situations where both people may not necessarily really know who they are they're still kind of figuring themselves out I do think that sometimes the ego clash right and both are at stalemate because neither one wants to give mm -hmm. but i do see that when one person decides to make the change and start to take ownership and responsibility and accountability for mm -hmm. the you know the the situation that the relationship is 
in. Then, like you said, every situation is a little bit different. And I think that, you know, we'd have to look at the situation Mm -hmm. and see if, I mean, either which way, right? If you choose to work on yourself and take that ownership and responsibility, it's going to work out for you. Now, whether your partner is going to, you know, come along with you or not, well, maybe that we cannot control, but at least you're moving in the right direction. So I'm a firm believer of that. Totally, totally. There's, there's always, there's this beautiful saying, you know, you, you, you heal, you heal the part within yourself that you want to heal in the relationship. And that's where that, like you're saying that shift and that, that change takes place. If you've noticed there's a part in the relationship, which isn't, isn't working, heal, heal that issue within yourself to make that exchange shift between you and your partner. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Now, you have written about or talked about the four vital keys to returning a relationship back to love. Yeah. So since this is something you've done, you know, you've you've mastered, conquered, you know, you've you've walked your way back in yeah. your relationship. So yeah. tell me about these vital keys or what what can we share with our listeners to help them make this journey back yeah. to themselves a little easier. Yeah, absolutely. I think number one is is definitely communication. Are you able to communicate? Are you able to communicate your needs? Are you able to communicate your truth? And most importantly around communication is can your partner hear and listen to you? And that's vice versa. Can they communicate their truth and their needs? And can you listen to that? And can you do that in a way where you don't become defensive, where you don't enter back into the blame game, where you don't get reactionary, where you don't create the drama, where you, you know all that. Can you listen and hear without, in a very receptive uh, way, where both partners are able to hear each other and then from that space find a solution that works for both people? All right, because you know, that, that is what relationship is all about. It's like, how can we find a solution that works for both of us? How can we find a solution that helps both of us evolve and grow? And the thing about relationships is that we're dealing ultimately with two people that are on very, very deep levels, fundamentally different, you know, very different, fundamentally different. There are no two souls alike, you know? So yes, we might be compatible in a lot of areas, but there, you will come across areas where there is a deep incompatibility. <laughs> that, that's just the nature of a soulmate exchange because it's through that deep incompatibility that you learn, you learn a lot of virtues of love. You learn to communicate, you learn to compromise, you learn to tolerate, you learn to stand in your truth, you learn to be courageous. All those things come from that place of being deeply incompatible but the beauty and the growth comes from where you can communicate where there is incompatibility hear it learn from it create a solution and both of you awaken to a new place which allows the relationship to evolve in its compatibility um so you know that that's a really um important place i think so wait, so, so vanya in essence it's mm-hmm. the communication that will take an incompatibility into a space of creating compatibility. Yeah. Like totally. it's almost it's almost the communication is the key or the missing ingredient that once we work that into the relationship, what may have seemed incompatible mm-hmm. can very well yeah. find compatibility. Totally, totally. Now okay. the only problem is is that we're never learned we don't get taught how to communicate properly. 
So it can be a very big journey of you learning to communicate. So in the beginning, it can be very like mismatched and da, 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 but eventually you both learn how to communicate with each other. So it's, it's something that you've got to keep choosing again and again to master it. But yeah, totally. Because it's, it's only through that that you really understand why there is a difference or why that person feels that way or why that person thinks that way or why that person would want you to be like this. You know, it's so then you get understanding. And when there's understanding, that's that that place of understanding or oh, that's where the person is or that's why I'm feeling that and if there is understanding of not only your experience but their experience and combining that together it gives you a bigger oversight of the landscape of what's going on between you and then because you're both beautiful evolved people that want love harmony and peace you're going to try and find the solutions to recreate you know, or to make more compatible or more flow or whatever you want to you wanna do. So communication is super key. And really, communication is key for everything. Our work colleagues, to direct them to do things. You know, if you were to be a leader, communication is key. So it's actually a really vital human skill to learn to communicate well. And unfortunately, we're not all taught that. So it's something that you're going to have to learn, to listen to, to craft, to master. You know, it's, it's definitely a skill. The other thing which is super important is just letting people have the space to be themselves, you know. We can, especially if there's a lot of ego going on, we can want our partner to be this or look this way or do things that way or why didn't they get us this on Valentine's or why, aren't they, why haven't they bought us this bag or they're not doing it this way or they're not doing it right. And we can get into this real place of, you know, over-focusing on them and how they're treating us as opposed to taking a little bit of separation and really just focusing on the self and focusing on your own needs and supplying your own needs first so that your partner can gift you with some extra things so that you're not demanding so much stuff from them but you're actually supplying that for yourself you're filling up your own holes inside of you as opposed to expecting someone else to fill up your holes inside of you now that could be that you need to work on yourself and work on how to love yourself that could be that you have to work on your drama with your father that corrupts your connection with men Whatever, that could be part of that returning back to the self, reflecting, healing, filling yourself up so that when your partner is in your life and, and interacting with you, they just gift you with, with more as opposed to trying to fill those holes up inside of you. So that's really important that both partners uh, do that as well. And the other thing which is super important is that touch, physical affection, silence communication eye gazing kissing hugging holding are really super important to calm both systems down but it creates a lot of exchange of energy without us using our words or our thoughts which can get in the way a lot of the times and so just having that deep silence where you just touch and connect and hold and embrace a lot of other deeper soul communication can take place which can indirectly create a lot of healing in other areas of the life, your life. So, you know, they're definitely the the points that we need to master to, to master a relationship. And they're really quite easy things to do. And, you know, and I go back to these different points often at different times to, to work through stuff or to, to shift stuff. I, I get the whole concept of sort of giving yourself what you need instead of expecting other people to give it to you. And I think people often fall into that trap of demanding Mm-hmm. it for other people and mm-hmm. usually like if we didn't get it from our mother or our father love nurturing safety attention mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. almost grow up right Vanya sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. demanding 
it from other mm -hmm. people and then being angry that they aren't able to give it to us because we already decided or mm -hmm. we learned in our childhood that ultimately nobody was going to give it to us. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we create these pitfalls which get, you know, connected to expectations and obligations. And then there's a lot of that anger and blame. And then you're kind of stuck in really the muck, in the mud, as you as you said earlier. And I think that when we realize that we have everything within us, it's all there, mm -hmm. you know, and if we can only give it to ourselves, then what we can get from our partners is, you know, everything else on top. Like you said, it's the bonus. It's yeah. the, you know, it's, it's what you can appreciate about them mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. not expected anymore. It's exactly. almost like, wow, I value this and I appreciate this because I didn't start off saying that, you know, you're supposed to give this to me or, yeah. you know, I demand this of you because, you know, we got married and it says on a piece of paper that you owe me these things. Mm -hmm. So I think that I can completely relate to that. And I've worked with a lot of people. In fact, as, as recently as today and yesterday, I've actually worked with people with similar actually, um, sessions, as I'm sure you've worked with a lot of women with a similar type of um, situation. So I do uh, love that you said that. And also the idea about touch. I just put up on a post um, today how, you know, touch is one of the most fundamental ways of connecting with the people we love. You know, from the time we are a baby, you know, now we understand touch therapy and holding skin to skin contact and how, you know, little babies that are in incubators, they just fare much better when they're touched, mm -hmm. when they're held, the heartbeat. And so I think that as we've become adults, we've sort of lost touch with the simplest way of connecting mm -hmm. with each other, which is human touch, you know, which is even kind of like my, one of my favorite things um, to do with my husband used to be just kind of lie on his chest and hear his heartbeat. And that is such a, you know, such a normal, simple thing to do, but it's so intimate for me. You know, it's like, I'm literally hearing his soul. I'm hearing what's going on in his body. And I think that we forget how beautiful these things are. And I think, you know, getting this reminder from you, I think it's like a wake up call for people that this is kind of go back to this, you know, yeah. don't forget that this is where energy get exchanged. This is where the power comes from. Amazing. Yeah, totally. yeah always go back to basics. Always go back to basics. <laughs> so, so to recap, Vanya, so there was communication. Mm -hmm. There was touch. Mm -hmm. There was um, the second one that you mentioned was um, being able to give yourself what mm -hmm. you're asking of others. So sort of fulfilling yourself. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I guess that would also be like self-love. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And Absolutely. the fourth one, what would be the fourth key? The fourth key, you know, I believe is creating your culture together, you know, creating the things that you do together, creating a life together to, because love is all about experiencing, you know, we want to be able to experience that sunset with someone. We want to be able to experience, you know, going to a restaurant and eating, I don't know, some very interesting dish we've never had before. We want to be able to experience life. You know, this is what having a relationship is all about, is that you get to share life with somebody. And right. are we sharing enough life with them? 
are we just flopping down in front of the television exhausted? Are we caught up in the same routine every day and just getting bored and complacent, you know? And so we really need to learn to share life, share it could be so many different things. It could be sharing. One of our favorite things to do, it's so simple, but every year we go through the best photographs of the year that have ever been taken out in the world and we sit there and we talk and we look at them and we share those moments and, you know, it, it's simple. It can be done so easily, but it's sharing life, you know. Oh, he likes this. I like that. Oh, isn't that interesting? Or, you know, uh, so, yeah, sharing life, that, that's super important. That's where the romance takes place. That's where the fulfillment happens and that's where you start to create a beautiful life together because that's what you want at the end of the day it's an experience so are you sharing enough beautiful experiences and are you making those experiences a little bit more interesting you know you can cook dinner right or you could cook dinner in your high heels and have a different experience with your partner do you know there's other ways of of just amping it up a little bit and it can be so simple but it, it makes a different dynamic and that's where the flirt can happen or the exchange or, you know, so we need, we need to really dive into that as well. And so what you're really talking about is connecting with each other mm-hmm. through these shared experiences, you know, through these moments that we're literally like bringing to life together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where our values sort of start to come from. You know, we, we know kind of what we stand for as a couple, what we, what is important to us. So, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like, again, things that we should be doing, but I think we get, we get carried away with, with our lives that we forget that we need that nurturing. Absolutely. All right, Vanya. So before we get into the juicy part of the podcast, can we take a quick break so I can tell you guys about some of the other shows on our network? Hey, beautiful people. Before we head on to the rest of the episode, I'm sure some of you are wondering how we collab with brands here in Project Loving Myself. And for that, we use Podmetrics. So if you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code Project Loving Myself. That's one word, capital P, capital L, capital N. And in that way, you can help support my show as well. And if you are an advertiser who wants to collab with Project Loving Myself, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Again, that's Podmetrics the easiest way to monetize your podcast. So tell me about your book, Mm -hmm. Vanya. Tell me about Sacred Revolution. Now, I'm guessing part of what was going on in your relationship or that journey got translated or sort of reflected into this book. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'll I'll repeat the title of the book. It's Sacred Revolution, Mm -hmm. A Woman's Path to love, power, and sensual enlightenment. Okay, mm-hmm. And I'm quoting, this is a woman's book of sensual enlightenment, a sacred revolution that returns her body, heart, sexuality, and power back to love. So what's the story behind this? Yeah, wow. This story is, you know, after working with so many people, most of them women, most of them all suffering with heartbreak, most of them unable to love themselves or struggling with eating disorders or comparison or jealousy or all the other stuff that goes with that. 
that combined with this amazing sexual awakening I had in the relationship combined with having a daughter and like getting pregnant and feeling in awe with the female body combined with my own love story with my husband kind of created the book and it's really a journey where a woman learns to fall in love with herself so much that she becomes her own soulmate where she chooses to love herself more than anybody else can which kind of touches on what we were talking about before it's also a journey where a woman claims her sexual energy as a sacred force not where she gives it away or doesn't know what to do with it it's it, she learns to transcend it up through the body and merge it with the deep love that she has inside of herself to to feel stronger inside to be able to be more magnetic you know with the sexual energy once it moves through you it, it brings this presence and this magnetism to you and it just makes you feel a lot stronger and wholer inside uh it's it's a book where i go into the depths of love what love is uh how to increase self love i look at helping the lotus transcend from her mud which is all the emotions that come up that we need to shift and clear and then you know once a woman starts to step into her own power her own sexual her power her own ability to love herself she's her own soulmate then she can enter into a relationship and so the second half of the book is really about the different soulmate experiences you can have because i really feel we do have many different soulmate experiences to master love to learn love to help us shift and heal and i just felt a lot of women didn't understand how to navigate through relationships i've just i think there's a list of about 20 plus soulmate experiences you can have just so women can understand that oh what i just had was a fling what i just had was oh that was an abusive relationship oh that was that type of relationship and you know once you become aware of this you can identify the potential of the relationship before you even enter into it so it's also helping women to navigate through relationships they don't get their heart broken unnecessary or they also know when to leave a relationship if it's not working or whatever particularly you know before you have children it's it's another game it's another story and then it goes into having sensual enlightening experiences with other people how to unlock the puzzles of love and then how to step into your power as a woman and the the different powers we have as a woman uh, as a woman who comes from the depths of love so it's been a very beautiful journey for me to write this book uh and i just i just hope women who read it they just fall in love with them and that it recircuits their minds and their bodies to stabilize love inside of them and to start re-experiencing their sexual energy as a sacred force so yeah it, it really is a book of love you know and from that space so much more other magical things can happen so yeah that's what that book is it's got lots of little stories dotted through it and yeah I like the part where you talked about how our sexual energy is something we have to kind of claim or reclaim mm -hmm. and that it's a sacred life force that can mm -hmm. be used mm -hmm. you know to create to manifest and so on can can you tell me a little bit more about that Vanya yeah. um there are some different modalities that also kind of explore this concept of sex as being a vital energy that can be channeled can be used mm -hmm. um sacred fuel of you know empowerment and attraction i know you said that in your book so can you delve into that concept a little bit deeper mhm mm mhm mm so you know we we don't number one is we don't realize it's a sacred force you know we we get caught in that you know we use it for intimacy or maybe your sexual energy is all wrapped up in shame or guilt or you shouldn't use it or maybe it's too wild and you don't know what to do with it we've got all different relationships to it but you know once you learn to 
pull that sexual life force up to your sacral chakra, solar plexus, heart, throat, crown. It creates new experiences in the body. You know, when I look at it energetically, I see sexual energy like this scaffolding, which which really holds the energy of the body up. And it also helps to help you to expand your energy out. And it also brings you into present time. So it has this very present kind of energy. It makes you feel very present when you use it through the body. When I've seen women bring their sexual energy up to their stomachs, they tend to get less hungry because they're actually using more of their energy uh, inside of them. Sugar cravings tend to, you know, release, so just on that level. When I've seen women bring their sexual energy up to their heart, that's where that divine inner marriage takes place and they become their own soulmate. When I've seen it come up to their throat, they have this greater ability to speak their truth because for a long time women have been silenced, you know, silenced for a lot of, from a lot of things. And, and just having it return back here can be very uh, liberating to be able to speak your truth, but to be able to say it with power and conviction and have your truth respected back. When I've seen the sexual energy come up to the head area, it just helps women have, and, and anybody really, just feel stronger in their own mind so that you're not collapsing into self-doubt or collapsing into worry. It, it just brings this deeper life force strength. And then I've seen it come out and connect to the universe to to create like antennas and connections uh to, to all of life so that you can have that experience of oneness or, or life making love to you or that dynamic love affair with life so it has many different roles you know as, as it keeps evolving and transcending it obviously brings more presence it kind of lights you up a little bit more and it's very attractive it's a very magnetic energy can it can create a lot of attraction you can also use it to create because let's face it that energy creates children so you can harness that energy to manifest as well so there's many aspects to it when you let it exist in different parts of your body I do believe that um, sexual energy is sometimes the charisma that we feel Mm -hmm. with you know people who have these very magnetic personalities but also just to clarify so that sexual energy is the energy coming in from our sacral or sex chakra is that correct yep so you'll feel it as an energy in the in the sexual palace so that could you Mm -hmm. know the whole uh female part there or the male part there it could feel like you know on a more of a physical level it could feel more an arousing force or an energy or an electric kind of energy as it starts to transcend it kind of changes its quality through the different chakras and stuff like that but you know it's you, you've also got lots of erogenous zones in the body which store sexual energy. So um, there are many techniques where you can bring the sexual energy up to these different erogenous zone points in your body to, to, to bring you that magnetic presence as well. Can you give us an example of how we would bring this sexual energy up? Is this a breathing technique? Is it a certain practice? Is there a variety of different ways to do so? Just so we can make it a little bit more tangible. for our listeners yeah totally so you know in my book I explain about the blossoming techniques because I really feel like when the sexual energy moves through the body it blossoms you it blossoms your your inner inner soul to come out into the world so there's this very beautiful blossoming energy and some of the things that you can do is breath and intentional breath so you can breathe into your sexual palace and then on the exhale uh breathe out you could you could breathe into the sexual energy send that breath all the way to the heart and on the exhale breathe the sexual energy out the heart so it can be a combination of breath and intention so inhaling down to the sexual palace and visualizing all the sexual energy coming up to the heart and then exhaling it out of the heart so you can use that 
Movement too uh, will help move the sexual energy through the body. You see in a lot of belly dancing, you get these kind of undulation movements, which is like wave movements. But that, if you if you get in that, you'll actually notice that your life force rippling through you, moving through you. So you can actually, with intention, pull the sexual energy through the body, through through movement and and dance and things like that. You can also add in some smiling and some shining. There's some other little little things you could do as well. So there are different yeah. practices, essentially, mm-hmm. or techniques mm-hmm. of sort of harnessing this energy and having mm-hmm. it move through the body that allows us to then do something with that energy, whether it's, you know, comes out as charisma or comes out, as you mentioned, you know, different parts of our body, we can use these energies, you know, to create or to speak mm-hmm. our truth or so on. And would you say any of this is connected to sort of Tantra, the discipline Mm -hmm. of Tantra, or what are the influences to some of your beliefs about, you know, how we can work with sexual energy? Yeah. So I had a fascination of going back as far as I could with healing modalities because I was like, wow, you know, a lot of life, a lot of stuff's happened over time, consciousness, people, conditioning. Blah, blah. Let me go back as far as I can to discover some, discover you know, the, the truth of what life was like for people and their healing, the body and stuff like that. And it brought me back to Taoism or Taoism. Yeah. And so that's where a lot of my deeper experience with working with just those raw life forces in the body has come from. And, yeah, so, you know, there is the tantric path. Uh, I I mean, I've I've delved into it a little bit, but it hasn't been my path of discovery. I kind of went back more to Taos because I felt it had more of a, uh, what's the right word to use? It was quite clear and matter of fact, if that makes sense. You do this, right. you do that. It's quite structured. There's a good process. You, you claim this energy. You know, it, it didn't go into philosophy or this or that because I just wanted to try and get back to the most purest thing I could to understand how the mechanics of the body work. Because also what I was trying to do is after I had this amazing sexual liberation awakening in the rainforest, I had my baby I had a cesarean and that literally cut my sexual energy down and I collapsed and, you know, I had to rebuild myself back up again because, hey, I wanted to experience that awakening on a day-to-day basis. That was amazing. That was the that was the state of energy I wanted to maintain. And as the universe has it, sometimes it crashes you down so you learn to rebuild yourself back up again. And so that's where, you know, I, I went back more to the Taoist techniques and then through my own experience of healing, my own experience of my own body, you know, is where you 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 recreate it in a new way um, for this for this modern world. So yeah, that that's been the journey with it. So I have two questions about mm-hmm. sort of sexual energy that really are are pressing. So I've read um, mm-hmm. that sexual energy can be channeled in mm-hmm. the way that you've described, but when we are having sex with another person we disperse that energy or we kind Mm -hmm. of, we release the energy through the sexual act Mm -hmm. and nothing gets done with that energy. Mm -hmm. So you share that same belief that it's kind of like the sexual energy has to be used within our body and channeled for Mm -hmm. a certain purpose. Or when we're having sex with our partner, let's say, 
we're essentially losing that energy in the act of sex or we're dissipating it or releasing it. And then we don't do anything with it. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember where, because I used to do a little bit of reading um, on Taoism as well. I read a lot of Osho who mm-hmm. um, talks a lot about, you know, Tantra and also in Hinduism in the sort of the Indian religion, mm-hmm. there is the idea of the Kama Sutra mm-hmm. and there's a lot of influences on sort of sexuality and and spirituality coming from the Kama Sutra as well. So what are your thoughts about that, Fanny? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think number one is that when often not, we don't really know what to do with our sexuality. So we kind of usually enter into relationships when we're young, we don't really know, or neither of us really knows what to do. So we just do what we do. And then yes, unconsciously it gets dispersed and stuff like that. I think, you know, as you learn to let your sexual energy transcend, for a woman, when she does make love to her partner, her the way that the orgasmic experience can be, it's no longer localized in the genitals, but it, it, it you can have orgasms out your ears, out your head, out your fingertips, out your body, full body, soul orgasms, the whole, the whole bit. And through that, you, what you're doing is you're letting your partner's sexual energy ignite you, ignite the love force within you to, to exist. So that can be one thing that you can do. And another thing is that, where we can gift our sexual energy as a woman to our partner as well for their own healing or things like that. But really, you know, if we get away from, and yes, you can use sexual energy to be focused in tension and there's sex magic and all that thing. But I think, you know, in the most beautiful sense of lovemaking, there's a really beautiful space where you exchange the depths of you, where you gift your energy to them, they gift their energy to you. And on that level, you're kind of feeding each other, you're kind of nurturing each other, you're kind of helping to complete the other person. And so really, you know, moving into the mindset of gifting the other person with your energy, but also for the other person to know how to receive it as well. And both partners can can do that at the same time, which is what lovemaking is, you know. And I think, Vanya, that's the difference between sex, mm-hmm. as in two people having sex and two people making love. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of that's what, what's coming to mind now that sometimes, and, you know, for a lot of people when they're younger, they're experimenting and they're having different sexual partners, not necessarily because there is any emotional or spiritual connection, but simply because of exploration. Mm-hmm. So I think in those kind of situations is a very different use of the sexual energy. Totally. But I think when there is a deeper emotional mm-hmm. and even spiritual connection between mm-hmm. two people, when they are having sex, they are making love. And I think that's where the sharing of that sexual energy can really sort of blossom or it can really sort of transcend beyond just, you know, the physical mm-hmm, exchange mm-hmm. that is taking mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that kind of makes sense to me. And the other um, question that I had for you is you mentioned after your C-section, you felt your, your sexual energy was just cut, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so... I think a lot of women find that happening after giving birth, mm-hmm. um, whether it's been betrayal in a relationship, if there's been some kind of trauma in their past, something you know to do with their own sexual experiences or trust being broken. There's, I'm sure, a variety of different circumstances that would um, 
affect or influence a person's sexual energy from being expressed, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we identify, how does one identify when that has happened, when that sexual energy is just defunct, mm -hmm, um, first mm -hmm. And mm -hmm, secondly, mm -hmm. how does one, again, find their way back from that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really good questions. You know, sometimes it's a combination of first moving through healing process, like healing the abuse, healing the brokenness, you know, going through that process of actually healing and unlocking the minds and the emotions from things so that you return back just to the beautiful physical natural force of your body. You know, when there is trauma, when there is abuse, when there is stuff that's happened, the natural states of the body get clogged and twisted and cluttered and fractured and all those things so there is that process of healing just to return back to that natural space like in my case with the cesarean I had to do a lot of work to to heal the meridian lines I also had to do a lot of work because I felt like having the cesarean broke my heart in two because I couldn't give birth to my daughter I couldn't have that rite of passage so I felt deeply deeply heartbroken so there's a very deep heartbreak inside of me as well I had to go through healing that first And then once we get the body back or the sexual energy back to its just natural state, um, then we then we have to go on that process of of training it to start moving or to training it to exist. You know, some women have low libidos. Maybe you're needing to have more, you know, and, and there's a hormone imbalance which is stopping the sexual life force from existing. So that needs to be addressed. For other women, you know, it's going through moving techniques or techniques or blossoming techniques to help move it up through the body. So all remember the, the sexual energy is such a physical force that it really does need physical, physical healing. You know, yes, we need to heal emotionally, mentally, but the, the, the sexual life force needs more of that physical healing, like herbs, nutrition, right body stuff, keeping the body healthy, movement exercises, blossoming exercises, which are much more physical to cultivate it. So, we, so, so that's, that's needs to be understood. But the things that women could feel if they felt their sexual energy was collapsed, they might feel lethargic, they might feel un unbeautiful. Like just that, you know when someone's made love to you and afterwards you just feel beautiful. You feel like, oh, I just feel beautiful because you've, you've been filled with the sexual energy and just makes you feel beautiful and it gives you a glow. You know, if you're not feeling that normally by yourself, that means you're not letting your own sexual energy give you your own glow, you know. So if you're feeling ugly, if you're feeling deflated, if you're feeling shrunk inside you know all these things can be indicators that you really need to start cultivating the sexual energy to be a sacred force i think um a, a key thing from what you said was that it's something from within you and mm -hmm. i know a lot of people are under that misconception that sexual energy is kind of like sexual attraction and so mm -hmm. it depends on the other person Mm -hmm. And I've worked with people who think that, oh, they're just not attracted to their partner. And that's why, you know, perhaps that sexual energy is not being expressed. Or maybe, you know, they aren't attracted to certain behaviors of their partner. Or kind of the focus is the other person. But mm -hmm. I like what I'm hearing from you, which is it's not really something that depends on the external circumstance. It's more of... Mm -hmm a feeling mm -hmm. within your own self, you know, it's an mm -hmm. energy that is entirely yours. You almost don't need another person 
mm-hmm, to kind mm-hmm. of awaken or trigger mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of um, bring out that sexual energy. It's something that has a lot to do with sort of body, mind, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. energy, right? Yeah. In terms of, because you mentioned eating well, sleeping well, hormonal balance, um, you know, you talked a little bit about movement exercises. So, what I'm getting from that is this is really something that is entirely about you. And perhaps we need to recognize that first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before we start thinking it has anything to do with our circumstance or our partner or, you know, other things. Yeah, totally. And, and that's an important uh, mindset shift for all of us to make because once we recognize it's, it's truly dependent upon our, our own choice that's where the empowerment takes place. That's when you're like, oh, actually, I'm in, I'm the empowered one here. I'm empowered to make a change. I'm empowered to to make my body feel better, and and through that process, you just get it. Just teaches you to be more empowered or powerful in other areas of your life. It's like, oh, actually, I do have the ability to speak up and speak to this family member who's doing the wrong thing. Actually, I do have a deeper power or energy inside of me that gives me a life force to to go and create or whatever. So by just doing this basic thing of empowering your own sexual energy, of, of choosing to love yourself first, of cultivating all of this, it's going to give you so much more strength for other areas of your life to, to move into power. So, yeah. It sounds totally. amazing. Tell me, Vanya, how do people get their hands on your book? If they want to read more about this, if they want to kind of explore mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah, so you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on the book depository. You can get it, if you get lost, you can go via my website um, because some countries don't don't sell it. So, so we can go via my website and, and get in contact and we can work out how to get that to you. Uh, it's available on Kindle, uh, paperback, hardback. You know, it's got all the different, the different versions of how you can read it. And so, yeah, so, yeah, it's totally available it, it, around the world. So, but, yeah, book depository is very good if you uh, – it will actually deliver to most places around the world. Yeah, I think um, most people here would would get it from Amazon via Kindle. Yeah. So yeah. that would be probably the easiest. We are at the end of our episode, Vanya, mm-hmm. and it's been a very enlightening conversation. Mm-hmm. I've I absolutely think, enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Really, it's kind of like a meeting of two minds. Mm-hmm. Um, I resonated with so much of what you said, and it's really nice for me to speak to another theta healer halfway Mm -hmm. across the world. And interestingly enough, you know, we've been on our own journey, but so much of our journey is actually very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we can both attest to the fact that theta healing has really been a big part of that. So it's so nice to connect with someone who really speaks my language and kind of looks at things from a very similar perspective. I love the fact that we've been able to get together. You know, you're coming, you're tuning in, you're calling in from the UK. I'm here in the Philippines and we can talk about things that really are relevant Mm -hmm. to women wherever mm-hmm. they're listening from, from yeah. you know, in the world, which is beautiful. And I think that too is kind of a form of sexual energy when women are getting getting together and sort of opening up conversations mm-hmm. um, that will spark that creativity in other people's minds. Before we leave, I would love to hear your Project Loving Myself mantra 
mm-hmm. or message for our listeners. So I usually ask my guests to, you know, perhaps share their message for our listeners, something about self-love, something you've learned that you'd like to impart to others. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you wouldn't mind giving mm-hmm. us a little bit from your point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've done lots of things. <laughs> All this, you know, waking up sexual love, you know, we've talked about all of that. But I think one of the things which I'm diving more and more into lately is just how do I make ordinary moments more extraordinary? How do I make the everyday that that more magical, that more special, that more creative? How do I bring a little bit more dynamic stuff? How do I mix it up a little bit? How can I, you know, because at the end of the day, life can be a little bit boring and routine you know, especially in this pandemic. It just feels like Groundhog Day every day. So mm-hmm. I've been really like everything I do, I just take a little bit of extra moment to go, how can I make this a little bit better? How can I make this a bit more extraordinary? How, what energy can I go into this to have a new experience of it? And what that's taught me is it's taught me to be much more dynamic with life. It's taught me to find a lot more joy in places where I wouldn't have found joy. It's taught me to, to laugh more, to, to um, create more. So that, that's what I'd like to gift everyone with. And it could be as simple, like I said, wearing high heels while you're cooking. I did that for Christmas. Made such a difference to the meal, like how I was in the meal and enjoying it. It could be playing music. It could be drinking water out of a champagne glass. It doesn't matter. It's just making the ordinary more extraordinary. And yeah, smelling roses when you walk down the street, being in love with life. Like it's that feeling. Um, so yeah, that that's where my vibe is at the moment because why not? Why not have a whole new relationship to reality and life, you know? Whether it's talking and 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 having a beautiful conversation with someone on the bus and not being shy and closed down, you know, things like that. Yeah. So that that's where I'm interested at exploring and developing at the moment. I love life. it. It it sounds so magical and just so much more, I don't know. It's just, it's like you're, you're really bringing your life yeah. out, you know, and you're just kind of bringing every moment into, into your life, you know, it sounds yeah. beautiful. So much thank you for playful. sharing more playful, you yeah. know, it's like a little bit of fairy dust or yeah. magic, you know, it added into everything. So I love it. Yeah. Um, and thank you for sharing that with yeah. all of us. Vanya, thank you again thank for you. <laughs> your time, your energy, and for all your love. I know our listeners will probably want to get in touch with you or to follow you if you can share your socials. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very simple. You just type my name in, Vanya Silverton. So it's the same on Instagram, Vanya Silverton. It's Silverton with an E-N, not an O-N. So yeah, you can come hang out with me on Instagram. On Facebook, I do an energy clearing once a month on the first Wednesday of every month. So you can come hang out with me there if you like, or just go to VanyaSilverton.com. I've got lots of free resources, free goodies. I've got a beautiful free online course called Rebirth into Love, which, you know, after listening to this podcast, you might want to do. But yeah, just my name and you'll find me. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you for sharing this. And honestly, guys, you know, if if you haven't already figured out her energy, there's just so much love exuding, so much sort of like positive energy. Um, and I think that you're going to really love some of the things that she does. And definitely the book, um, I think, is going to be a great springboard mm-hmm. for a lot more to mm-hmm, come. Mm-hmm. So definitely check her book out on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. 
and um, let us know, you know, let us know what you think. Put this up on your Insta stories. If there's anything that caught your eye, anything that sounded interesting, share it. You know, let's get this going. Let's yeah. share what we've learned um, with other people. And that's how I think energy moves totally. across the world. Totally, 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 totally agree. More love, more connection, more joy. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was interesting, right? I think there was a lot to learn from Vanya and it's especially nice to have a healer on the podcast because you can really feel a difference in energy. There was definitely a sense of calm and peace that settled in and that normally happens when you're in the presence of a healer. Let me know if you felt it too. Share your thoughts on Facebook, on Instagram, on Insta stories. And don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself podcast and tag me too at Sanaya Gurnamal. Now for our Project Loving Myself quote for this week. When the sexual energy of the people is liberated, they will break the chains. And that's a quote by Julian Beck. I really sort of resonated with this because Vanya talked a lot about how, you know, when we can cultivate that sexual energy, when we can harness it, we can really sort of free ourselves from the limitations that we put on ourselves, that we can use our voice, that we can use our heart. And so I think that sexual energy is something we really have to learn to recognize and to, to share that out to the world. So thank you for joining me on this episode where we have delved deep into our sexual energy and the power that it holds in our life on the Project Loving Myself podcast brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. I'll see you on the next episode and don't forget you are loved. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.